you agree that, you know, it's time that we all wake up and take responsibility, even for our ancestors that did not know any better? been waiting patiently to have this kind of conversation. <laughs> well, it's another Wake Up With KC. I'm Kimberly. And, you know, many of us go through different phases of our life. And you could call it a self-discovery, a spiritual awakening, a self-realization. And it could mean different things to different individuals, of course. And I came across somebody that ha is teaching the science of self-realization and has been doing so for 50 years. So please welcome Sankarshan Das. Hello, Sankarshan, how are you? Oh, Hare Krishna, it's great to be here. You know, I really like the name of your show, Wake Up With KC, but KC also means Krishna Consciousness. So we, I'm also in the KC, Krishna Consciousness. Oh, wow. I did not yeah. know that. <laughs> Those we also, say, we also say wake up with KC. <laughs> wake up with Krishna Consciousness. Krishna Consciousness is the original natural energy of a living entity. So we teach self-realization means to awaken your, to wake up your Krishna Consciousness, your KC. I love it. Thank you so much for enlightening me on that. <laughs> I had no idea. I just did it because of just it felt right. And it's my initials. Um, you've been studying the science of self-realization for over 50 years. I find that fascinating. Can you please share with us how that began for you? How that happened? Yes. Well, I was a... My, my dad said, son, your college day is going to be the happiest days of your life. I got there, I was depressed as hell. <laughs> so what's my life going to be like if this is the happiest time of my life? So, oh, my God, you know. I went to a psychiatrist, depression. They couldn't help me. And uh, but then I heard about something called in my junior year at the University of Texas. I heard in the break room, one of my fellow students, Bob Singleton, he told me something called self-realization. Aha. So I, I signed up for one guru with the home study lessons. They had me staring at a candle in a dark room to become self-realized. That didn't work. I burned all the lessons. That was, that, and there was another one who, who, who charged me money for the mantra. And I tried that. Ang, ang, and that didn't work. So what to do, what to do, what to do. But then one day, uh, a friend of mine, uh, um, he started, he was chanting Hare Krishna, Hare Krishna, Krishna Krishna, Hare Hare, Hare Dama, Hare Dama, Dama Dama, Hare Hare. And I looked it up, there was an article in the Saturday Evening Post about the summer of love in Haight-Ashbury in 1967. How the Swami was teaching this mantra to solve all the problems. So I, I started chanting that. I said, well, I'm just going to renounce the world and go to India and be a holy man. That's, from, that's my career path. We deny everything, deny the whole material world, just go to India and be a holy man, one of those beggars, you know, in the Himalayas. But then I, but then I thought, well, wait a minute. If I deny everything, the denial is also something, so I have to deny denial also and accept something transcendental. So then I had this inspiration to be part of a spiritual revolution to turn world history right side up. 
So I hitchhiked out to Haight-Ashbury to see what was left of the summer of love mood, and it was pretty well finished. So I started, uh, I um, basically became uh, the uh, the wandering minstrel in Haight-Ashbury and trying to make the, the, the mood in the neighborhood more beautiful. But then I heard there was some really cool things happening over in Berkeley. There was campus minstrels up and down Straw Plaza attracting huge audiences. So I went over to Sproul Plaza and immediately got huge audiences singing my songs. And then I even got on the stage uh, with the airplane in the dead at a famous concert in uh, Golden Gate Park. So I was thinking, well, this uh, this whole thing and this this love and peace revolution, this is what we're going to do to make the world beautiful. But then uh, then the Woodstock Festival was really famous of a love and peace thing. And then it was going to be the West, West Coast version of the Woodstock Festival the Altamont concert. It's gonna be really big. All the big name bands are gonna be there. It's gonna be, it's gonna be love and peace uh, afternoon. It, it, but I went there, there was horrible violence. Somebody got murdered and said, forget it. I'm just gonna go back to school and be a college student. This is too much. <laughs> Trying to be a spiritual revolutionary, you know, this is too much, I can't hack it. I'm just gonna go, go back to, be involved in the university, study, you know, become a regular person in society. I can't handle being a spiritual revolutionary. So I got to Austin and I, I was miserable. I just couldn't handle it. But then I noticed there was a spot on the, on the University of Texas campus, the George Washington statue. I said, wow. I went there with my guitar and I started attracting huge audiences. So I became a musical sensation at the University of Texas. And, uh, so I, and I became a house musician at a vegetarian restaurant. And it was uh, looking pretty good, you know, my, uh, by you know, but I was still serious to uh, uh, actually what happened was when uh, somebody invited me for some Mormon Bible study groups every morning. So I was going to study the Bible every morning and I got into this whole thing that, well, Lord Jesus was self-realized. What was his secret? I was trying to figure out what made Lord Jesus Christ the self-realized soul. And uh, one day I found it. He says, Father, not my will, but thy will be done. I had one problem, Kimberly. I didn't know what God wanted me to do. You know, Saul got his uh, mission on the way to Damascus. He said, now you are Paul and here's your mission. And I was waiting for my voice from the sky, but nothing was happening. So what to do, what to do, what to do? Oh my God, how am I gonna become self-realized? I don't know what God wants me to do. But then one day I was doing a gig at a vegetarian co-op, you know, singing up there. It's kind of depressing for my musician's ego, only one little girl in the audience. Oh, wow. <laughs> one little girl, and that's it, the whole audience. But you know, that was an amazing thing. That little girl read my mind. She knew I was depressed that she was the only one in the audience. You know what she said to me? The cute little voice, she came up to me after the song, and she said, don't worry, God can hear you. And I'm like, wow, that's a message from God. He used her as a messenger. I've been trying to figure out what God wants me to do, and I can't hear him, but he can hear me. Wow, that's it. So I had a new mantra. Every morning I would study the Bible and said, Dear God, please guide me how I can become your perfect servant. I wanted to be like Jesus, a totally sold out perfect servant of God, because I knew that was self-realization. And then a Hare Krishna Swami shows up in town. His Holiness Vishnu Jana Swami shows up. I actually have a better picture. He had a he did a cute he did some chanting came down to the park here, Peace Park. Let's see if I can get a good yeah, there it is. Oh wow. The Peace Park. 
set up a little picture of Radha and Krishna, and he was chanting with a harmonium, and he had a feast, a wonderful feast of three preps, uh, sour cream and potatoes, uh, uh, let's see, apple chutney, and, and I think it was called sweet rice. So I started attending his programs. I already knew the Hare Krishna mantra, but now I'm meeting a Hare Krishna Swami, and I realize this is really the system to truly awaken your original identity. And so I, I got into it 50 years ago. I got initiated by Prabhupada, the uh, founder Charya. Here's the here's Prabhupada here. I got initiated by a letter from London, uh, oh, wow. 19, 1971. I got a letter from London. He gave me the name Sankarshan Das. So for the last 50 years, I've been teaching self-realization all over the world. I have, I have, uh, 30,000 people signed up for my training program on the internet called the ultimate self-realization course you go to www.joincourse.com and I have uh, about 300 initiated disciples uh, we get my wife is also into this she's a very advanced transcendentalist so she and I work as a team to train my my disciples and we have regular lectures every day morning and evening at livelectures.net and we're actually on the, our goal is to, to enlighten the whole world, to turn world history right side up. That's my goal. The whole world is screwed up because they don't know what the center is. They don't know who they actually are. Everybody's misidentifying with their material bodies. They don't realize I am an eternal spiritual being. That's my actual identity. I'm a servant of that supreme person. Some call him Krishna, Allah, Jehovah, but there's a supreme person who's the source of all existence. And not as many religions Religion is actually one to relig or relink, but that supreme person is the source of all existence in a mood of pure loving devotion. So, anyway, in a nutshell, little nutshell, that's there it is. Wow, because um, going through history, you know, from what I've studied and researched, and I came from a religious background in um, the Baptist, more like Southern Baptist religion. I'm glad I got out. It was holding me prisoner. And yeah, then looking up well, the history. I was a Presbyterian, and uh, he was ridiculous, you know. I went to visit the pastor. He's sitting there in the pastor's study with the cigar. The whole thing was just filled up with smoke. He's not He's not. A, he's not a self-realized person. The pastor wasn't self-realized. You, you need a person who's actually self-realized to guide you, not some person who's just making money by giving a sermon once a week. Well, not only that, but it was created by man in the first place. If you go back in history, you know, uh, spirituality is not inherited. It's discovered. We are all spiritual beings, sexual beings inside of a human being. We are connected to this wonderful, greater intelligence. Like I'm connected to something that keeps my heart beating and I don't have to think about it keeps my lungs you know inhaling exhaling and i don't have to think about it that's how grand this force that you want to call it god you want to call it the Tao, you want to call it greater intelligence there's this the person energy. it's not just an it the it is his energy but there's actually a person there you have to you have to see the person it's not just an it there's a person behind that energy so I'm connected to it and I'm in the female form of it. It's like, to me, it's like, I'm God experiencing life with God in this female form. That's it. 
you're actually, we're not, I'm not a male, nor are you a female. We're eternal spiritual beings, qualitatively one that supreme person, the source of all existence. This body is, we've had millions and trillions of bodies through millions and trillions of lifetimes, but to actually re revive that original spiritual identity enables one to be transferred back to that transcendental world where there's no old age, no disease, no death. We're eternal spiritual beings, qualitatively one of the supreme person. Wow. That's in a different perspective, but looking at it in a good way. <laughs> there's an all-pervading energy, but just like this, there's sun, the sun, there's, sun has two meanings, right? Just like the old Beatles song, here comes the sun. Was that sunshine or the sun planet? <laughs> the, the Beatles sang, here comes the sun. That was the sunshine, not the sun planet. Because the sun planet, they'd be dead. Right. So God, just like sunshine, there's the, the sun means the shine and also the original globe. And even higher, there's, there's a God in the sun planet is, is emanating all the fire, but that's even a higher understanding. But the thing is, we talk about God, there's the energy of God, which is all pervaded, and there's, there's God himself is the emanating energy, you see? Wow. So we, we, get we, beyond, we get beyond the effulgence. This, all this, this, everything that exists is the effulgence of God. So you get back to see where the effulgence is coming from. Then you find the supreme person who's eternal, full of bliss and knowledge. You see, that's where you get to. I have, uh, so some call him Krishna, some call him Allah, some call him Jehovah. He has unlimited names, unlimited qualities. But the self-realized persons actually are become qualified to see that supreme person face to face, eye to eye. They can see him, just like I can see you right now, Kimberly. Well, a self-realized, fully self-realized person can see God directly, face to face, eye to eye. Pretty transcendental. Wow. And I, it's funny, it's, I guess we're, we're speaking the, uh, this, the way I'm perceiving it, the way you're perceiving it, it's almost, I just look at, you know, different aspects of God in different human beings. You're seeing his effulgence, his energy, his all-pervading mm -hmm. energy. That's what you're seeing. That unit that makes everything one. Because everything is God's energy. Everything is one. It's all God's energy. So now you're okay. seeing the energy aspect, but I'm seeing the energetic, the source of all the energy. Okay. He amazing pastimes, amazing qualities. Uh, he plays a flute. He dances with. He, he sings and dances. He has all kinds of amazing pastimes described in the Vedic literatures. Amazing, amazing pastimes. He's a person with all kinds of amazing things that he, go, that he does eternally in his transcendental above the spiritual world. He's not just some, uh, you know, concept. He's actually a person. Like you, you're a person, you see? Mm -hmm. so, so God, how you can have something that God doesn't have. You have a personality, don't you, Kimberly? Yes. Why you have a personality? But I so create my personality. If you have a personality, then God has to also have a personality. You can't have something that He doesn't have. So God is also a person, and you're you're one of His children, one of His emanated energies. The purpose of your existence to have to revive that intimate, that sweet, intimate, loving relationship with Him. That's that's the perfection of self-realization, the highest level. There's different levels of self-realization. There's Brahman realization, Paramatma realization, Bhagavan realization. Brahman realization is, yeah, the oneness, the energy, merge into that energy. That's called Brahman realization. But then higher still is to understand the, the, 
It's forearm from the Lord within your heart. That's Paramatma realization within my heart, within every atom, between every atom. But the highest level, which includes the lower, the two lower levels, is to realize that Supreme Person who has unlimited pastimes in his transcendental world beyond the cycle of birth and death. So it's like uh, our, the soul or spirit that's within us has been around since. Eternally, eternally. You are eternal. You are an eternal living being. You've always existed. You'll always exist. There's never a time you do not exist. Never be a time you do not exist. You're an eternal spiritual being. That's your actual identity. Okay. You've so. Been you're a woman, you've been a pauper, you've been a king, you've been a president, you've been a millionaire, you've been a, a beggar in the street, you've been every, you've been an you've been a dog, a cat, an elephant, a monkey, a tree, a, a fish, a bird, you've been everything. And now you're in a human form, which is the one opportunity to become self-realized. The Vedas say Tato Brahma Jigyasa. Now you've got a human form. This is a form in which you become self-realized so it's really cool that you're into self-realization kimberly i like that a lot ah thank you now i've had um someone approach me and ask me well why is it how did they say it can you remember anything before you were born whether you remember it or not it's still there Actually, we, we've had millions and billions of lifetimes before this particular form. We don't remember them. Krishna, actually, Krishna says that in the Gita. He says, many, many births, but you and I have passed. I can remember them and you cannot. That's what Krishna directly says in the Bhagavad Gita. Many, many births, but you and I have passed. I can remember them, but you cannot. So our position, Kimberly, is forgetfulness. God's position is remembrance. Our position is forgetfulness. Even what I did yesterday, I have a hard time remembering. Actually, I even forgot we were doing this interview. <laughs> I saw in my email, so I was saved at the last minute. About 15 minutes beforehand, I found it. See, we did we, yesterday. We did a, a 24 hour day fast, and I was kind of kind of thrown off by fasting the whole day. Even no water is a special fast of no food or no water for 24 hours. So I was totally absorbed in that fast, and I forgot about everything. <laughs> but I found it. <laughs> in I found it in the email. So we we're together on time. It's good. Yes. It was. It was synchronicities. Because that connection, it, it's like, it's a fascinating to me. And it gets, it keeps me young as a curious child. Absolutely. Of, you, actually, you are an eternal youth. So don't identify with your body. That body is just a garment you're wearing. That's not you. You are actually an eternal youth. Well, thank you. I'll take that. I mean, that's a lovely compliment. I don't hear that often. <laughs> but it's a you nice. Know, it's my body is 73 years old. Actually, I know I'm an eternal youth. This is. It's 73 year old body is not really me. It's just the vehicle I'm driving right now, an old car. So a nice classic. model. <laughs> a nice classic. I love classic cars. So it, it's like, to me, it's like wisdom, especially if you taken care of it and nurtured it it's just classy and sophisticated and of wisdom eventually they, they fall apart you know death is death is coming for each and every one of us but not us only the body right this is like a temporary shell and it's you know live your best life now 
and do what you can that you enjoy, who you want to be, what you want to do. Enjoy life. I think that there's a lot of limited beliefs and programming from upbringings, culture, even society, that we got to be a certain way, do certain things, dress a certain way. And I think that's, you know, a lot of the issues with, with human beings today. Well, the biggest issue is we've been programmed to think that I'm this body. I'm male, I'm female, I'm white, I'm black. We've been programmed to, the biggest lie we've ever gotten was we've been programmed to think that we're these bodies. And that's the cause of all the anxiety in the world, the false bodily conception. When you realize I'm, I'm not this body, I'm an eternal spiritual being, qualitatively one of the supreme persons, the source of all existence. And then you have, that's called the plane of self-realization. I am not this body is lesson number one in self-realization school. I am not this body. I am an eternal spiritual being, qualitatively one of the supreme person, the source of all existence. Wow. So then my next question would be, so, okay, I'm this internal spiritual being. Mm -hmm. Would it be safe to say that is operating in this female body? Yeah, right now, you, and actually that spiritual being right now is a spiritual spark, one ten thousand the tip of a hair. And that spiritual spark is seated right there in the heart of your body. That's the driver's seat. Mm -hmm. You are actually situated as a spiritual spark, one thousand the, the part of the tip of a hair, seated right now in the heart of your body. That's where you actually are, Kimberly, right now. You're seated in your heart. Your heart is the driver's seat. And that's why your heart is pumping because you are energizing it by your divine presence there. I love the heart. <laughs> and I keep saying I am love. I give love. I receive love. I am love. And one day, you know, being human in the human being Ness and with society and even religion aspects of what love is, I feel that there is a misconception on love. Love is, we are love, the purest form of it. And we've been taught that it comes from the outside instead of looking inside. The actual meaning of love is to. Just like when you water the root of the tree, all the leaves and branches are nourished. So that, so the, the perfection of love is when you give your loving service to that supreme person who's the source of all existence. Because then you give, you're giving perfect love to yourself and to all living beings. But if I pick and choose while I love here and I don't love there, then that's not love. You see, love is when you give your uh, you give your loving service to that supreme person who's the source of all existence. In other words, love of God is the perfection of love because then you. You love God, you love yourself perfectly and all living entities perfectly. That's an interesting perspective. If you leave God out of it, it's not perfect. You can't leave out, can't, you put your love everywhere but not the root and it doesn't work. You have to water the root of the tree. You have to feed your belly and that feeds your whole body. So when you give your loving service to God, then you become the perfect lover of every atom and molecule in your whole body. You see? So it would it be safe or I guess safe to say that, um, you know, 
And before you can love another, you need to love yourself first. No, you have to love God first. Love of God is where it all begins. You have to, to nourish your body, you have to feed the belly. So God is the belly or the source of the whole existence. So when you give your love to that supreme person, now you're probably loving yourself and all living entities. If you don't love that supreme person, then your love is restricted. It's not perfect. Right. And then what, you know, coming from our upbringing with our parents, that's where uh, we first... Our parents, were, our parents were an illusion. They didn't know what they were doing. Thank you. <laughs> They were taught too, and it seems like history is repeating itself. In my, that mother, my mother, my mother, told me to believe in God. She said, "Little Stevie, I was called Stevie then." She said, "What do you want for Christmas, well, mommy? I'd like some cowboy boots." She said, "Well, little Stevie, every night you must beg God for cowboy boots for Christmas." So that's how I was taught to believe in God. That's not love of God. That's love of cowboy boots. Is it? The love of God means now, my dear Lord and source of all existence, I fully give myself to you. That's love. You see? Not that I've come to take from you. See, everyone talks about God and says, God, give me this. God, give me that. Give me, give me, give me. That's not love of God. The real love of God means, my dear Lord, I fully give myself to you. I'm your puppet. You pull the strings. Whatever you want me to do, I'm fully under your direction. Now, that's real love. Fully giving yourself to the Supreme Person. And when you do that, you become fully, that's the perfection of self-realization, pure love of God. There's no strings attached. No conditions. I unconditionally give myself fully to you. Now you become a perfectly self-realized being. Wow. So you do these um, retreats, workshops every. Oh, yeah. We have classes every day. Uh, every we, I give a class every morning. My, my wife and I alternate with the morning lecture, and she does the morning, the afternoon lecture every day at LiveLectures.net. Uh, anybody in the Austin area is welcome to come for our program on Sundays also at 10700 John Woodway from 11 till 2. We have a nice chatting and dancing and feasting and a lecture. Every, anybody in the Austin area is welcome to come. 10700 John Woodway, J-O-N-W-O-O-D, second word way, W-A-Y. And I, we also, before COVID, we were circling the globe twice a year on lecture tours, but I've been grounded here in Austin because of COVID. For over a year now, but normally my wife and I circle the globe. We lecture on every continent except for Antarctica, South America, <laughs> North America, Europe, Asia, Africa. We go to every continent on our tours. I give lecture tours all over the world. But because of COVID, we're, I've been grounded here working on a book now. Oh, Conquer and you have a book coming out? I'm working on a book called Conquer Your Mind and Deliver the World. That's the book I'm working on right now. Conquer your mind and deliver the world. The story of my awakening and then the, the instructions for your awakening and then how we can bring about a complete re-spiritualization of the entire planet Earth. That's wow. And when uh, can you give a date where it might be? I don't know. I'm, I'm not good at writing books. I, I write little daily. I'm very, I've never written a book before and I'm having, going through a hard I had to hire a consultant to help me actually get it done. I'm not very good at writing long, long books. I write little short snippets every day, like two or three paragraphs. But writing a book is a whole new ball game for me. It's not easy for me to do it. Well, but you I'm, know what? <laughs> There's some advantages. I'll finish, I'll finish it by the end of the year. Let's put it that way. I hope to. Let's see if it happens or not. Well, just a, 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 
a, a treasure for you because of technology and you know what has advanced and evolved there is like software programs that you can transcribe into your computer and it will type out your book all right get, get you email me a link for, for those email me a link <laughs> Email me a link for that. That's interesting. <clears throat> it is, and I will. Um, I'll send you some information to help you with that because yeah. it does make life a lot easier. Yeah, I email me a link. It sounds very interesting to me because I'm good. I can talk for hours, but writing is a whole other ball game. For me. I'm going. I used to. I'm having lecture. You know, lecturing for for decades now. I'm used to talking, 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 talking. But as far as writing, it's a whole other ball game. Yeah, send me those links and I'll look into those products too. I definitely will. If it helps you, you know, <laughs> transition and evolve to being able to write more books, you could just use it, transcribe. Definitely want to see those products for sure. Yeah. Okay. Definitely. So um I know you shared earlier on um your lecture site then you also have another website that people yeah, can the, 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 the lecture i have joined course i have a, a thought for the day comes every day along with questions and answers www.joincourse j-o-i-n-c-o-u-r-s-e.com that gives you on the daily lessons and then for live lectures you go to livelectures.net all right and uh, so you're doing that every day. Um, now I know since the pandemic and everything, are things starting to open up where you're at in Texas to where you can have small group? Like we, we, program, we do have programs every Sunday. We keep, have them in the front yard, not in the house. In our front yard, we have our programs. Everybody can stay apart, you know, a little more safe. We have programs every Sunday um, at 11, 11 uh, p.m. to 1 p.m. 11 a.m. 11 a.m. to 1 p.m. at uh, John, 10 700 John Woodway. Everyone's invited to come in the Austin area. And do you have it also available like live on a uh, site to where people that aren't able to come to where you're at they can see? Oh yeah, it? live lectures. Yeah. It's on oh, okay. Right, just on, live, I didn't lectures. Know that. <laughs> live lectures. It's posted on live lectures too. It's okay. posted on live lectures. People from all over the world can tune in. 11 a.m. on Sunday, yeah, Austin time. Sure, everybody can tune in. All that is Central time. Right Correct? Central time? Oh, yeah, Central time, Austin. Okay. Um, Sankarshan, it was a very honor to have you on my show today. Thank you for the enlightenment and realization on so many aspects about who we are i so appreciate you and i and look forward to wake up their kc everyone should wake up their kc yeah krishna kc or krishna consciousness is the original natural energy of the living entity so we want everyone now to awaken to their original natural energy as a fully self-realized being that's our goal the whole world should do that now now solve all the problems at every level it'd be a lot better place <laughs> for sure it's a slow and steady process 
You can make it as good as the kingdom of God if we put Krishna or God back in the center of and every heart, every home, every government building, every educational institution, every entertainment facility, everywhere, everything should be offered in the service, loving service of Krishna or God in every in every aspect. And that'll turn this whole planet into a spiritual paradise. Wow. Well, thank you again for joining us today. Now, Kimberly, it's been my great pleasure to be here with you. Now, is there a link I can share this all? Is this recorded now? I can share it with all of my uh, 30,000 students on the internet. Yes, it will be. I will share the link. Yeah, send me the link by the email. I can share it with my 30,000 students on the internet. Okay, that would be great. It's a, it was, again, a pleasure. I was, I really enjoyed being with you. We can, uh, you have me again? I'm willing to come again. Okay. Well, that was an enlightful interview and look forward to more amazing guests here on Wake Up With KC. I'm Kimberly. Until next Monday. Do you agree that, you know, it's time that we all wake up and take responsibility, even for our ancestors that did not know any better? I've been waiting patiently to have this kind of conversation. <laughs>